0: Hello, and welcome to Farscape Friday, episode 25. We'll be talking about the season two episode, Taking the Stone. Let's get started. Welcome back. Here's a quick summary of Taking the Stone. After Chiana leaves Moya with Aaron's prowler, the crew discovers a dead life disc she left behind. John and Aaron go after her and find her living with a clan of underground dwellers on a royal cemetery planet. As Chiana struggles with her brother's death, Aaron forms a stronger bond with her, and John gets to the bottom of why everyone on the planet commits suicide at 22.
1: Ah, the kids all die before whatever age trope. Save the children! Okay, that's out of my system. Promise. So the way these episodes usually play out in science fiction, because it's one of the very common tropes, is that the adults come in, they see this society of children, and then they figure out that they're doing ritual suicide. So the adults swoop in and figure out why the kids are dying, and then they convince the kids to leave, and then grow up and leave long, healthy, productive lives, because that's how these things go. And that's kind of the way this episode starts out, with the with the cemetery planet, and, um, But except when you peel it all back, this episode is actually pretty dense and complicated emotionally because it's really less about the kids on the planet and more about Chiana and her grief over her brother and her relationship with John and her relationship with Aaron. And, And the theme is kind of the teenage rebellion that she is going through with her running away to this planet. Um, driven by her grief and how she wants to do her own thing and not listen to John and Aaron, who are the surrogate parents, big brother, big sister here, something. Anyway, really? authority figures. Um, and so it's there's actually a really, really rich episode because of that.
0: Yeah, the emotion stuff in this episode gets me. I actually had to watch this twice. I watched it a couple of weeks ago, but I couldn't even take notes just because I was so into what was going on. It's so emotionally well-deserved. Like everything that happens in this episode, the episode worked really hard for, the series has worked really hard for. This episode, I think, is a really good indication of how John and Aaron would parent. And <laughs> ironically, it's not how you think. Which is something we're going to get into here. Yeah. But so let's let's actually just dive right in because I think the emotion stuff is kind of great. So the episode starts with Chiana kind of stumbling through the ship, clutching her stomach. And she happens upon John.
1: I don't think, I think she's seeking him out. I don't think she's just stumbling around and, oh, John's there. I think she's actually looking for him.
0: Ooh, I like that better. Okay. So let's go with that, because I actually like that a lot better. So Chiana is in pain and seeking John out. And this is the conversation they have.
1: Crichton. What are you breaking now?
0: Not breaking anything. Trying to see how our quote-unquote navigation system quote-unquote works.
1: You got it, my Crichton?
0: Ain't got no time right now, Chi. Uh, I, uh, I really gotta talk. Jake, I am. Um, I do not have the time.
1: You don't have the time? Okay. <sighs> so, what's so ugh, heartbreaking, if you think about that, is that John is completely absorbed in his fix it task. And Shiana, her face is just, like, she's in physical pain. You can tell she's, like, completely distressed emotionally. She just wants to talk to him. She needs to talk to somebody. She's got something going on with her. And he just completely blows her off. Like, you know, the annoying kid, go away right now. I'm busy. Mm -hmm. And it's just... Oh, and you're like, John, why? Pay attention.
0: I know. The John why literally gets me every single episode. <laughs> because I'm like, I honestly can't see Chiana seeking him out for seeking him out for something that wasn't important. Well, uh, let me clarify. Right. Like, I could see her being like, oh, Rachel's bugging me. Like, go fix. You know, like, but at the same time, if you actually listen to her voice, it's not that, like, tattletale-y, fix this for me, big brother thing. It's like. I have a big issue right now
1: I need, yeah, I need to talk to somebody about it, and so we as the audience, we still don't know what this is what's going on with her. We just know something's upset her, and she leaves John and goes to the maintenance bay and cuts open her abdomen or under the surface, she has a rather large life disc and i ha had the stray thought that they clearly don't have silicon on her, her planet to make microchips anyway, <laughs> point being is <laughs> it's uh you know it's. Just, small little disc and we find out the name right we find out that she says Neri at the beginning but we don't know who he is right mm-hmm.
0: yeah she's just like Neri, and then it's I don't know. I just really like it because you can tell that she's like super upset and she like raises the disc above her head and it's what's clearly like some sort of Nabari prayer, Nabari ritualistic thing. And then there's this like poor little DRD that comes up near her and it's like really clearly concerned about her stomach because it's like looking at like where (laughs) she's cut herself open and she's so like she just gets so upset. She's like, leave me alone. And she like smashes it. And I'm like, oh,
1: yeah yeah just like this huge outburst and then her outburst turns into running away because john wasn't listening to her so she steals aaron's prowler and goes to this planet which is a graveyard planet how thematically appropriate that they were close to a graveyard planet (laughs) 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 oh fiction (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah and so once she gets down there she runs into the locals and one of the things i love in this episode is that Okay, so we imagine that the, that the translator microbes essentially take whatever somebody is speaking and they turn it into what you would understand" kind of thing, because, for example, Zane understood John's chicken noises. But here, the kids just use like these ling- like this lingo. It's like this slang that like, I just really enjoy. And I kind of have to imagine that either maybe their meaning for the word is so deep. Or that a word just has so many meanings because it kind of doesn't sound like they have a super, you know, that they have a dictionary that's, you know, thousands of pages long. It kind of sounds like they, they use certain words just repeatedly. So it ends up becoming this really neat slang that I just enjoy listening to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Chiana ends up joining them and John and the crew find the life disc and they realize that, oh, someone close to Chiana that she cared about died and John feels horrible about blowing her off. So, you know, he and Aaron go chase Chiana down and find the prowler and find the planet and Rigel's with them. I don't know where I I don't know why Rigel goes with him, though I think it must have been because he recognizes a royal burial planet and he was already in the back of his mind thinking, ooh, (laughs) I could rob all these graves, which is basically what Rigel does in this kind of, I don't know, humorous side plot that breaks the tension up throughout. And we'll talk about that later because Rigel is, you know, terrific. So here we have John and Aaron on the planet and they think Chiana's in danger and they and they want to figure out what's going on and help her out and take her home basically so it's basically the the parents going to get the kid from the party or the new crowd of new new group of friends that are no good for the kid or the teenager mm-hmm. and they're they're working against that and so that's kind of the tone of the rest of the episode with between the three of them on the planet mm-hmm. and chiana and is very much in this rebellious mode and she doesn't It's not really rebellion, rebellion, but it's more like John blew her off and she's angry with him, you know, rightfully so, but she won't let it go. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it definitely is the tone. And you can kind of hear it in their next conversation. So they come upon Chiana and she is hanging upside down between these two like bell sound thingies. And she's making like this humming noise. And at first they think maybe she's being tortured or something like that. But as soon as they start talking to her we get a different impression what are you doing no one's ever lasted more than 50 migrants in that thing
1: i had him beat i wouldn't if i were you you had no right to come after me we were worried about you so we sweet now get the thrill out of here no Crichton. no i don't have And it's just, ah, I don't have the time just throwing it back at him. And it's, it's, it cuts deep. Like you can feel it when you hear it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a really, really deep burn.
0: When I think it's on both sides, because I think that Mm -hmm. even as she's saying this, it still kind of hurts her that that's how he Mm -hmm. treated her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not. Oh, totally. Like it's not just, she's like being mean to be mean. Like I genuinely feel like she is she's still so injured that this guy that she kind of was thinking of as like a replacement big brother doesn't have the time for her you know
1: right <clears throat> right
0: and so she's hanging out with these like new kids and actually i i you know i kind of glossed over it earlier but when she first gets down to the planet there's this like incredibly heartbreaking moment for Chiana which is that she gets down there It's, like, dark. It's, like, almost a constant storm. It's full of graves. Mm -hmm. She literally looks around, and she goes, come on, you've been in worse places. And I'm kind of like, have you, Chiana? Like, have you really? Because that kills me. I'm like, oh, my, this is literally, like... If anybody was thinking of the worst, like, worst place they could possibly be, like a planet full of graves, that's a constant thunderstorm. I'm like, that's pretty much the worst place. I don't know. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And so now she's found these locals and they cut off, like, her arm thingies, her, like, arm band thingies. And she's dressed a little bit like them and she's got the hairstyle. and
1: Yeah. She basically is converted to them. When when John and Aaron find her, mm-hmm. so this is what I think this episode does a really nice job with in developing Aaron and Chiana's relationship as Chiana is working through this grief. So after the scene we just played, John's like, "Okay, you go talk to her because she's clearly mad at me. I'm not going to get anywhere. He's going to go figure out what's going on with all the kids down here mm-hmm. and who they are. What's you know, who are these friends of yours? Kind of thing." <laughs> So Aaron does go after Chiana and ends up finding her and Chiana's drinking and she's clearly upset and Aaron tosses her the life disc back. So I'm going to play that scene because it's not what you would expect from Aaron.
0: Yeah, and I should we should clarify that Aaron was really mad that Chiana took her prowler like Aaron was like yeah. beyond angry that she took her prowler and as soon as they found the prowler Aaron was literally like okay great we've got my prowler let's go back to Moya and John had to be the one that was like no we got to find Chiana and Aaron was like uh fine whatever and then and then when they get down there and John is like go talk to Chiana he clarifies with her he's like please be nice he's like you've got to be nice and Aaron's <laughs> like I don't do nice very well and he's like "We'll just try not to be too mad about your prowler
1: <laughs> what do you want I forgot this It's my brother, Neri. It's
0: terminated. <laughs> Means he's dead.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, I, I got to show you around this place. You know what they do if they want you to stay? They make you run through these 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 rings of fire, like um. Naked, totally naked, and once you go through that, you you, you go into the sonic cal. That's where I just was. Your whole body it vibrates. It's you gotta try it. Uh, I think you had a little bit too much to drink. Don't be like Crichton. Come on, everyone's so lame on Moya. Stay with me. You gotta. Or at least stay for the gathering. And what is that? Mulan um, says it's the mm. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple things going on in that conversation. After Aaron tosses the life disc, she starts to walk away. And it's not until Chiana reaches out and says, Neri, my brother, that Aaron stops and stays with her and listens. And I think that's the turning point for Aaron, when she realizes just who Chiana lost... And that was a really important person, and that she's really hurting right now. And the second thing about that conversation for me is how Chiana has basically two sentences about her brother, and then she immediately just like, "And here I am at this really awesome place, and we're going to go skydiving, and we're how we're doing this Sonic Cal thing, and it's really a lot of fun." And it's like this 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 litany of distraction, like she's trying to distract herself from her brother's death by. Being in extreme sports, essentially, like trying to find that adrenaline rush and that thrill of life that that will distract her and make her feel alive while she's hurting so badly inside. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think that Aaron deserves so many props in this episode because I think it's just an immense episode of character growth. And in our recap episode a couple of episodes ago, I kind of talked about how Farscape doesn't really do female friendships a lot in season one. But this is really a turning point for me because this is like two female characters really connecting, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think that Erin, when she hears that, she turns around and I love Claudia Black as an actress. And I really love that Farscape gives her so much room because you can see on Erin's face that Erin understands what Chiana is doing. That Erin is kind of like just really patient she she knows that Chiana is trying not to feel anything.
1: She is so incredibly patient. And that is what is just so incredible about both the performance and the character herself is like that immediate understanding of oh, oh this is what's going on. And then she just lets Chiana do Chiana. Like she doesn't try to force her to do anything. And you see that. That's one of the themes. Like she is the calm one while John is losing his mind about trying to get Chiana to come back with them.
0: Mm -hmm. And actually I want to talk because we we're kind of we're kind of inching towards this understanding of who of of John and Aaron as parents. Mm -hmm. And I wanna go back because I think this episode makes it pretty explicit. Because right after they've, you know, air quotes rescued Chiana from the sonic cowl, the kids on the planet end up having this conversation with Or it's not even a conversation it's essentially them like talking at John and Aaron
1: right they're like these weird curiosities because they're ancient I know and I (laughs) want to
0: play that partially for for, partially for Aaron's reaction but also because I have a comment about John look at her
1: oh wow Venus amazed by you age lines dead spots you're historic Nick's historic Let's go, guarders they're worn out. Agents. Did you catch any of that? Not much, except all the I'm worn out Dren.
0: Oh, my God. I love that Aaron is the one that's like, she's like really angry. <laughs> she's like, not much, except all the I'm worn out drin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: But that's the other thing with like John and Aaron's relationship here. And we're talking about them as, as parents. I mean, they're not partners yet, but they definitely have that dynamic especially throughout this episode where they're constantly checking in with each other mm-hmm. and they're disagreeing, but they're still checking in with each other and saying like, this is what I got. Did you, have you gone and done the thing I asked you to do? And mm-hmm. what's your thinking about it? And they're, they're, there's this communication that's really nice to see between the two of them.
0: Yeah. And it's, I, I think framing them because they're not that old. We've often talked about how Zan and Rigel and Pilot are, eons older than john and Aaron, and mm-hmm. i think it's very rare to have john and Aaron be like the elders you know be like the the oldest one in the right. room essentially but also i want to talk about this because it was interesting to me that Aaron was the one that was so angry about being called old because number one i think she didn't expect to live this long like i think she she came mm-hmm. from a culture yeah. where she well, just she ex- said
1: that but in family ties
0: yeah in family ties that's you know she she told Dargo that, you know, that she didn't expect to live this long. So kind of, I think, her feeling like, oh man, I'm old and I'm not the general I wanted to be. I'm not the commander. I'm not like, <laughs> you know. And, but then also, because it ties back to, in a human reaction, when John realizes he's aging in space and that he might not get home yeah. before he dies. And So that was kind of what came up for me this whole episode. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's kind of a neat connection, actually.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I It just made me think that, like, John really struggles with this idea of aging in space, and now here he is, and he's like, he's like the old man, you know. <laughs> They're like, oh my mm-hmm. god, you're so old. You're like thirty five. <laughs> he must be about to die.
1: <laughs> well, in their culture, he should be dead. Yeah, you know. So let's talk about the 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 kids, the young adults, the whatever people, natives, locals mm-hmm. of the royal the royal planet so they live under the surface because the graves are all on the surface and they're there's mushrooms all over the place there's liquor all over the place they're basically your your sex drugs and extreme sports yeah i mean they don't have really i guess they can call it sex drugs and rock and roll because you have the rock which is the stone and you have the roll (laughs) which is the the singing about the stone anyway that took that a little far point being they're they're basically your hippie commune of young people that's part of this whole disconnect between John and Aaron who are the only two sober adult-like figures and everyone else is just tripping out the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so they have this ritual called the gathering where when they're 22, they jump off this cliff into this well-like thing. You can survive the jump. And this is the one super confusing thing about this episode. You can survive this jump because there's a sonic net. So if you, you sing or hold a note, the the sound waves are amplified and then you will be caught like on a cushion of sound waves. Mm -hmm. But the one who's committing ritual suicide, stops singing and then commits suicide by just, you know, it's not the fall that kills you, but the sudden stop at the bottom. So one thing that was super confusing about this episode is how they all talk about taking the stone, which is committing the suicide. It's not clear whether, whether it's the person who's jumping, who's in control of it, or if, Or sometimes a sonic net just fails in certain locations. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure it's a suicide thing, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what your interpretation is? Yeah, no,
0: my interpretation was that it was definitely an on-purpose suicide thing. But at the same time, sometimes they did talk about it in this weird way where it was like chance. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, you might get killed. But at the same time, I'm like, but clearly the guy that did commit suicide, the one we do see, he stopped singing. You know, like, he right. was singing all the way exactly. down, and then he, like, stopped, and then he, like, died.
1: <laughs> yeah, my basic reaction to actually the whole kids-are-dying-on-the-planet thing was complete confusion. I guess the long story short, what I figured out by re-watching several scenes while I was pulling clips, is that, you know, there's radiation that's killing them. When they reach 22, they get sick, and then some of them who don't commit suicide become the lost people and hide away. And so they have this ritual, and they stay
0: young forever.
1: Stay young forever, kind of deal. That was just the part that was just super confusing. And the whole, I almost feel like the whole figuring out what's going on with the kids plot overshadowed some of the of the Chiana plot Mm -hmm. because I feel like there wasn't quite enough time given to Chiana and her own motivations for what's going on with her and like her processing her grief because a lot of her scenes are actually quiet in that she's talking to the other kids and we don't hear the conversation or she's doing something with them or she's fighting with John and Aaron and not wanting to explain herself so I feel like I wish we would have had more of Chiana a little bit more explicitly I don't know if that makes Mm -hmm. sense or if it's even possible but there's I don't know it felt like this weird overshadowing because part of me was like trying to figure out what's going on and so I was like not fully thinking about the other plot which I think is more important with Chiana yeah
0: I could see that. I definitely could see that. I think that for me, though, what's interesting is that Chiana is so public in her life. Let me put it that way. Like, she uses her body and she uses her words and she manipulates people and she just like presents this front that... I don't know that it really would have made sense when she was experiencing something that was that cut her so deeply Yeah, that we actually would have had her having that, for example, that same conversation that John and Dargo did in the last episode, you know, where they like sit yeah. down and like have this real conversation. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. But at the same time, I think that just the way that she and Aaron develop for me just like really worked and kind of seeing Chiana mm-hmm. through Aaron, that mm-hmm. also really worked because – for example, after after all of them, watch Daz.
1: I think the other kind of confusing thing about this episode is that we also get a lot of John's point of view of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he's convinced that Chiana is suicidal. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she is. I mean, I think it's an open question, but I, re- I don't think she is. But there's such colors so much of what where John is coming from that I think it also muddies some of the actual what's going on Mm. with chiana because we're seeing parts of it through his his perspective where oh my god she wants to commit suicide we have to stop her from committing suicide even though they just saw people jumping who didn't want to die and landed safely Mm -hmm. and i guess like i don't know there's i feel conflicted
0: No, no i know but actually for me that whole thing with john um actually reminded me a lot of the last episode and it and in the next episode, Two Crackers Don't Matter, it also reminds me a lot in there, which is just John's extreme overreaction to everything. Because Yes, exactly. For example, I I have feelings about whether or not Chiana is suicidal over Neri's death. But I think that one of the thing, one of my reactions was this was how he reacted. Darga was like, "I want to participate in this ritual," and John loses his mind without even knowing what the ritual is. I'm like, it could just be lighting a candle, John. Lighting a candle is a ritual. (laughs) Like, chill your yeah, exactly. And I'm like the same thing with this, where you have. I think that what makes the difference for me is you just don't have John's perspective. You have Aaron Mm -hmm. as the one who actually sees what's going on. And so Aaron is able to kind of temper John's perspective so that as a viewer, I personally didn't really believe John. I was buying Aaron. I was buying Aaron's viewpoint.
1: It it wasn't that I was believing John necessarily, because I do agree. Aaron is the one who's seeing clearly and the one who brings what's really going on to the forefront. But John's single minded focus on what the whole suicide is. Thing is coupled with the confusion over okay who's really controlling the jump is it the singer or is it something else because I found that I don't know there's just something I feel like the, sh- the episode could have been written better to clarify things in a way that wouldn't change the story mm-hmm. but just make it less confusing for me who's coming in with this having not watched it in several years going okay I don't get what Molan's going on about I don't get what this is happening with I know that John thinks Tiana's suicidal and I definitely agree that he is being that overprotective holding on so tight that it's making things worse as opposed to making things better Mm -hmm. situation
0: yeah and and I agree let's see so I I don't know do you think Chiana was suicidal in this episode
1: no no I think she is to me it felt like it felt like she was deeply hurt by Neri I think she might have thought about it as being like you know the ideation of suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. but not to the point where she was actively going to try and kill herself it felt to me more like needing the adrenaline rush to needing the adrenaline rush to feel alive you Mm -hmm. know like we almost died sex we almost I almost died we have to affirm life by doing extreme things that make us feel alive Mm -hmm. and I think that's that's what she was going through and in her last conversation with John it's more about proving something for herself
0: Mm mm-hmm I think I want to play some clips, and then I want to kind of talk okay. about how my feelings of whether or not Chiana was suicidal have developed over this episode. I The first clip happens immediately after Aaron and John and Chiana have seen Das, who was like this character we met earlier. They run into him as they're going to the gathering, and he looks at John, and he's like, the lost people know, but then Molnon, who's like the, M- Molnon, Molnon?
1: Molnon. Well, then, I don't know well, the leader yeah the leader
0: he immediately kind of shepherds Daz into the to the chamber and then Daz four people jump land safely and are caught by the sonic net and then Daz jumps and he stops singing and he falls to his death so yeah this is immediately after when John is like really upset and he's like we're gonna take Gianna back Gianna leave Uh-uh. You know what?
1: We're going to sober her up and get her out of here right now. That life disc that we found on board Moya was her brother's. And he's dead? Yes. I think that's why she likes it down here. I think she's trying to prove and that she's are... still alive. When I need a psych report on Shiana, I'll let you know. If you try to force her to leave, she will stay here just to spite you. No, she won't. <laughs> so... He ends up deciding not to bug Gianna and pull her out of the conversation she's having with one of the other people. And that's what that later is at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that right there, what really gets me is Aaron is literally trying to tell him what's happening to Gianna. And he's like, if I need a psych report, I'll ask for it. You know, and it's kind of interesting yeah. because I think John is so used to being the one that is more emotionally in tune than Aaron. That mm-hmm. he doesn't even know how to like listen to her. When she is right,
1: yeah, 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 and she even says says there that she she thinks this is you know it's, it's reaction to her brother's death. She wants to feel alive, and that's partly why I think that is not su- really suicidal. I mean, she might be flirting with the idea, but I don't think she's really really there.
0: Mm-hmm. I just really like that because it kind of sets John up as the one who's more emotionally reactive. And Aaron is the one who's more like cool and level-headed. And when I was thinking about them as parents, it's interesting because you kind of have a couple different stereotypes for dads, right? You have the stereotype Mm -hmm. of like the dad that's like super overprotective and really aggressive and really hyper-masculine, right? But then clearly that's not John. John is not like a Mm hyper-masculine guy. But at the same time, he's kind of having that over-the-top reaction. Yes, he's
1: going through those motions.
0: And then you also have the dads that are like, chill and like calm and like the ones that are like and this is these are stereotypes these are stereotypes we see often in media and there are many other types of fathers and there are many other types of mothers but at the same time I thought it was interesting that kind of it was Aaron that was the one that was like calm and cool and collected because honestly that's not a role we usually see mothers played in media
1: well not not just that but even amongst John and Aaron, that role is usually reversed. Usually, Aaron's the one who's emotionally reactive. Like we even saw in the last episode with Vitas Mortis, you know, she goes after after Nilam with the. Uh, a pulse cannon with no discussion with john he tries to stop her from shooting and she's like watch me (laughs) and so she's usually in that okay we're gonna go do something drastic right now and john even points that out in a later conversation maybe we'll move move through this series of conversations that they have yeah
0: i think that'd be good and then we can kind of chat as we go through
1: so john and shiana have another conversation later where she is in that chamber again solo doing the Sonic cowl, Sonic cowl thing where she's hanging upside down and John tries to talk to her again
0: Gianna you got a mic not for you alright fine you know what you made your point and I'm sorry that I ignored you on the ship okay
1: Right. I'm here it's not about you in case you haven't noticed I'm not your kid I'm not your sister and I'm only your you trouk in your dreams so please please go away I'm trying to help I don't want it and I don't need it I like it here I like Janna, you realize that nobody here has a clue. They're nothing but stone monkeys who jump off a cliff. Of then cliffs. you tell me what we're doing on Moya that's so fellin' wonderful! Tell me that. At least they get to live before they die, Grind. That's what I want to do. You said to me... You said to me anytime I want to jump ship, any time I want to leave, Yeah.
0: Feel free to jump in here anytime.
1: It's Tiana's choice, John. Great. That's just great, Aaron. You know, I hope if I ever decide to jump in front of a bus, you're not the only one... First of all, John, that's a terrible apology. <laughs> that's like a sarcastic apology. Those never work. Trust me. So this is actually another continuity callback to when Chiana first came aboard and John told her, you know, you're not a prisoner here. You can leave anytime you want. And now Chiana's like, okay, I'm leaving. Bye. I don't like you guys anymore. You're mm-hmm. not. I don't want to go with you. I want to stay here. I want to do this thing I'm working through. And I love how Aaron sticks by Chiana and just as like, it's her choice. Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do about it. And that kind of goes back to that previous quote we were just talking about where you're saying, you know, you can't force her. Or Aaron's like, you can't force Chiana on this issue. She's going to act against you just because you said so. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is like a a really parent way of framing this whole issue, I think, Mm -hmm. which is I I like that the episode does it. But I also think here Chiana is almost begging the episode to be about her again, because there's something in this that's like John is making this like entirely about himself, which is so maddening because I'm like, dude, it's it's on her. John is like the guy that shows up to the funeral and is like, oh, my God, I'm so, so- like, ah, you know, and like making it all about him. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, what am I going to do when I see my ex-wife? You know, and it's kind of like, dude, someone's dead. Like and it's not somebody yeah. that's related to you. And it's kind of I really just love that Chiani's kind of finally getting her own back when she's like, this isn't about you. You're sorry. So what? It wasn't yeah. about you. This is about me. And um, I really love that because I think that Mm -hmm. John doesn't even really hear her, though, because the rest of the episode, he still keeps trying to make it like, if I could just apologize, you know.
1: Right. Well, that's kind of goes back to my my earlier thought with like, you know, he keeps trying to make it about, okay, we have to prevent her from doing the thing. And so he's going off on this quest to figure out what's going on with the kids. Because, of course, if he can convince them to stop doing this jumping, she'll stop jumping. And it's just like this really weird kind of logic that's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the episode feels like... And I don't know of how much this is intentional or how much... Or what this means or anything. But there's there's very much of... He's ignoring Chiana. The episode kind of ignores Chiana going through this subplot of... What are all the kids doing? And why are they dying? And that's kind of what I meant earlier when I'm like, I really wish Chiana would have been in the foreground more. Mm. And I don't, and as you said, the body language thing and how Chiana communicates, you know, what would that look like if she was foregrounded more as opposed to how it was actually written. So I think I'm having, a, my problem with the episode is partially, uh, uh, what's it called? Doyless problem as opposed to a Watsonian problem yeah. where what's going on with the writing of it, I think does a disservice to the story they were trying to tell and partially told. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, yeah, but yeah, Erin re- really stands out here as being like the calm one again. Mm-hmm. Like this is like the third or fourth scene where she's just been completely dead calm in the face of Chiana's outbursts and also John's too, for that matter. Yeah,
0: and I think that I really love her facial expression in this scene. I think she just like, she just kills it, okay? Because her face is like, she's completely calm but at the same time, she's just sitting there, and John keeps, like, looking at her through this whole conversation, even though he only calls her out mm-hmm. at the end, and she's just silent, and her face says that she gets it. She gets what Chiana is going oh, yeah. through. And also, you can tell that, like, she's just striving for calm, that this is not something that's mm-hmm. necessarily coming supernaturally to her. And and I I see your point. I think that there is some argument to be made that Chiana should have had I think that if Chiana had had more screen time in this episode, I think that would have fixed some of the some of the mm-hmm. issues with John making about him. But I also think that this is a point in the series when John essentially makes everything about him. Like John is yeah. like every single thing. Like D'Argo's whole thing was also about John and like you know and <laughs> yeah. I think that what really works for me here is that you can physically see Chi going through something. Which is different from her yes, because she's definitely. so used to hiding her emotions. Do you know what I mean? She's so used to hiding mm-hmm. what she really feels that, like, seeing her at this place where she's just, like, she's actually saying what she thinks really works for me.
1: Yeah, I don't want to dismiss that because that really works for me too. And I love the emotional richness between John and Shiana and how their relationship is and how, you know, John and Aaron's relationship and Aaron and Shiana's relationship and all of that. I think that part's the part that's really well done. I just wish, maybe I just wish there had been more of it. Yeah. (laughs) Less of the kids that were confusing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I and I totally hear that because essentially what happens is then John like goes off and he confronts like the leader Molnan and Molnan like gives him like this this like mushroom,
1: mushroom roulette.
0: Yeah, it's like mushroom roulette cuz he's like one of them kills you, three of them gets you high. And so he's like I'm not talking to you until you do drugs and John is like okay, <laughs> cool. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> like whatever (laughs) and um i mean and there is some callback to that at the end that we'll talk about so afterwards he finds out from molnan that molnan really wants to have a gnarl, which is a child and he kind Mm -hmm. of feels like because i think in this culture where you're young forever you're only young forever because there is somebody that is you after you're dead kind of thing which actually yeah it's like the legacy Mm -hmm.
1: yes the legacy thing which i get and I don't know. The episode tried to make Malnon more evil because, like, oh, Chiada's going to take my spot, which I don't really. I don't really. I don't know. My perception of that was like it was trying to do something that didn't quite work either with Malnon. Mm-hmm. But that was maybe. I don't know. That's my issue. I have lots of issues with the kids' plot. yeah
0: I mean and like (laughs) I personally didn't think he was super evil I just think it was like the same thing with Neelam in Vitas Mortis where John was like trying to make somebody into a big bad and Farscape doesn't really do characters that are just evil to be evil do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I think the same with Neelam where like she wasn't she wasn't voluntarily evil it wasn't like one day she was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna suck moya's life force away and i'm gonna steal it forever yeah. and i'm gonna be evil and i think the same thing with Molnon, where i'm like you know i don't think he was that evil i think he just saw an opportunity to get something he wanted
1: right and it just gives him a little bit more time to do what he needs to do to to do that because it's not like he's rejecting taking the stone yeah and doing the suicide jump it's just he wants a little bit more time before that happen. yes
0: yeah. So John thinks he's convinced Molnan to, like, do his own jump and not do Chiana's. And I'm like, I don't know what conversation. Granted, John was high. So...
1: <laughs> not only that, but why would Molnan even even do that? Clearly, he's going to do what he's going to do, no matter what John says. Yeah.
0: So, But John has convinced himself that he made a difference in somebody's life. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then he <sighs> saved the children saved the children. and then he he runs into Gianna afterwards and she's like, oh, I heard you talk to Molnon and you guys worked it out. And He's like, oh, yeah, great. Let's go back to Moya. And she's like, what? I'm going to jump. And John's like, oh, <laughs> and then John drugs her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Aaron walks in. So we'll play that clip because it's another good one.
0: What what are you
1: doing? Oh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You're not going anywhere. Yes, I am.
0: No, she wants to jump. She wants to kill herself.
1: You can't take her like this. Yes, I
0: can. know no, you can't. I c- Aaron, what the hell is wrong with you? You are the pinup girl for frontal assault. You should be dragging her back to the ship yourself. and just listen to me, will you?
1: If Gianna really wants to, she's going to find a way to kill herself, and maybe not here or now. So you have to let her work through this on her own. I cannot take her back tomorrow like this.
0: When did you get so insightful?
1: I understand loss. So do I. Yeah, I don't think John understands loss as well as Aaron does in this situation. And I don't know how much of that is colored by his recent experiences where he can't cope with loss anymore. Because that's kind of what it feels like. He can't cope. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think one of the things we brought up um, at the season one wrap was that Aaron's loss is so much more visceral than John's. Like, Aaron, mm-hmm. John, yeah, John is lost. And John is in a different place. But Erin has lost her entire life. Erin doesn't get to Mm -hmm. go back home ever. Erin has lost all of her friends. Erin has lost her identity. And I think that... I know you said earlier that you didn't think that Chiana was suicidal. I kind of think she is. I kind of think that based on aaron's reaction here because i think that we've talked about how john is not a good litmus test for how chiana is feeling in this episode um but i think aaron is and i think what aaron understands is that chiana is at this point suicidal because if she didn't think that chiana was suicidal she would have just said to john you are misreacting chiana is not suicidal you need to leave her alone Otherwise, she will not come back, period. But she's not suicidal. And I think that – but instead what she tells him is if Chiana wants to kill herself, she will find a way. Whether it's here or whether it's on Moya, she's going to find a way. So unless you let her work mm-hmm. through this, she's going to kill herself. And I think, But I think what Aaron gets is that while Chiana is suicidal, Chiana loves life too much to really go through with it. Because I think Aaron kind of gets that if Chiana jumped – she still would be able to save herself with the sonic net when it kind of got down to the wire, you know, which kind of leads me to believe that Aaron has either been in a place like that herself that maybe we didn't see on screen necessarily, or maybe she just hid or maybe that's Mm -hmm. why in season one, she was so like reactive, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could see the point. I, I kind of see Aaron's conversation as more of, of like arguing against John, but I definitely think that's a valid interpretation of how it is, and also, you know, it's entirely possible Chiana's on this fluctuating scale of how she feels about mm-hmm. about being there. Because I could definitely see her flirting with the idea, and maybe I just from that perspective, is like I think we're we're kind of two points on a spectrum of how suicidal we think Chiana yeah. is. Yeah. So I think that comes through. The other thing I was wondering, because Aaron has gone through this grief process on her own with losing her peacekeeper identity and culture. But I wonder also how much she's seen as a soldier Mm -hmm. in a unit Mm -hmm. as peacekeeper. Like, you know, did she have unit mates or people that she knew on the command carrier who lost a friend and then went through a grieving process that was really traumatic and committed suicide. Mm -hmm. We never have proof of that any one way or the other, but I think it's at least an interesting idea that maybe it's not just about the loss that she's experienced, which I think is definitely where her main insight comes from but what if there's some other you know she's seen people go through this process just because she was in a military environment before Mm -hmm. so i don't know that was just kind of headcanon stuff
0: yeah yeah. no i i definitely agree with that too in fact i like that a lot too because it kind of it brings um context to Erin and it reminds us that she was a person before she had a context before yeah and i mean i'm not saying that i think that yeah maybe like suicidal ideation is kind of like the best way to kind of talk about it with Chiana that like she's thinking about it very, very seriously and she would still be thinking about it very, very seriously if she was on Moya. But I think that Aaron recognizes in Chiana that Chiana is either going to choose to do it or she's going to choose not to do it. And that nothing John does will sway her either way.
1: Exactly. Yes. I totally agree with that statement. So that brings us to John's conversation with Chiana where he has finally stopped trying to force her to stop whatever she's doing. She's standing on the edge of the precipice and she finally, I feel like, finally gets to say really what's going on and what she wants and how she feels about her brother too, you know, and that reaction to her grief.
0: They voted to keep jumping. They want to die. I just can't believe that you want to
1: die. Courage. As a kid, Neri gave me everything. I just. I just followed him. (sighs) You show me courage plenty of times. I gotta see if I can do this, Crichton.
0: And if you die?
1: And then Shiana turns around and falls backward into the sonic net. And, um, you know, she sings the whole way down and lands safely. And so here here we find out from Shiana that she has to prove something to herself. And I think it's, in a way, it's a way to honor her brother and and prove that she was worth him Mm -hmm. and his love. Mm -hmm. Because she says, you know, he gave me everything and I feel insignificant and tiny and... Not brave and not any of these things that he was able to make her feel mm-hmm. without him, and so now she's on her own and she has to to show herself that she could be on her mm-hmm. own, and that's kind of where I what I get out of that that last scene.
0: And also maybe show that she can save herself. Because she she kind of implies that Neri literally gave her her life, gave her her reason for living. He gave her food. He provided for her. And she's proven she can provide for herself. But I don't think she's ever really proven to herself that her life is worth living. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so here she kind of gets to say, like, okay, my life is worth it. I am worth it.
1: Yes. She's worth it. And she can do it on her own. Mm -hmm. You know, the jump has become this this test of her own own faith, Mm -hmm. you know, her own leap of faith in herself.
0: Mm -hmm. And that she can save herself.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, And then when she does do it successfully, John cheers with her and it's it's they're finally on the same page.
0: And I love how surprised she is because he's like, Giana, you did it. And she's like, I did it. And then she's like it. It's kind of that surprise of like. I was able to save myself here and and I think maybe that is kind of the surprise of the episode is that we're so used to TV being about like you know the main character saves people like House he saves everybody on the you know or mm-hmm. you know the almost any other TV show John Luke Picard saves everybody you know <laughs> and here it it really is about Chiana saving herself and John just being able to get out of the way
1: Right, because he has been getting in the way this whole episode and it's not until now that he finally gives her the space to do what she needs to do. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Um, But so this whole episode has also led John to have some feelings about (laughs) things that he did during this episode. because um, And I want to play the quote and then we can kind of chat about it because it's kind of hilarious, uh, but not really. (laughs) Lately, I seem
1: a little crazy to you. What do you mean, lately? Well, I ate one of Moldan's mushrooms. One in four gets you dead. Was that supposed to get Chiana out of here more quickly, John? You eating a mushroom. He makes a face that says no after that. (laughs) (laughs) But this is... This is a good quote, I think, for a couple of reasons, because um, we have Vitas mortis and we have this episode where we have basically John running through the same gamut of behavior of overprotective, trying and failing to convince someone not to do something, and then having to get out of their way so that they can go do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And, and he's finally recognizing that something is going on with him that's making him behind He's finally recognizing that there's something going on with him, that's making him act kind of irrationally, and he calls it crazy. We can debate terminology later, but but he recognizes that something's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I really, really like that because, as viewers, a lot of times when a character acts like that, you kind of have to ask you like, is this just bad writing or is this intentional? And I really like that Farscape mm-hmm. is kind of being like, no this is intentional. We are acknowledging on screen that this is not how he would have behaved before because we want to make it clear that this is intentional. Right. And
1: you know, it's PTSD is the interpretation I think you're supposed to walk away with. Mm-hmm. You know, the from the events of the end of season 1.
0: Yeah, for certain it's a really good canary in the mind of what's to come. Or hang on, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Because I just said canary in the mind, which is actually appropriate. <laughs> but okay. Yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good canary in the mind um, of what's to come.
1: So there's a couple of other things I wanted to mention. This is the first episode that we have Chiana calling John old man and him calling her little girl, which kind of at the, comes at the end when she's finally burying the life disc of her brother. And I think also once earlier, a little bit more sarcastically, but that be kind of comes one of their things, mm-hmm. one of... John and Shiana's parts of the relationship going forward and my final question what we haven't talked about at all so far is the subplot of Rigel robbing grave. oh my god it's hilarious <laughs> it's the best okay I don't um, think we need to go too much into it um because we're running out of time but but basically Rigel brings back this haul of stolen grave goods and sets them up in his room and Zan's convinced that he's What if they're cursed? And she's like praying in his room and he's like, they're not cursed. And the thing's like moving around, and it's all mysterious. Like, okay, so was Rigel really cursed? Or was it just, I don't know. My science explanation and my wavy hand science is like, oh, Moya's orbiting. So they're like there's like a magnetic attraction, so they move because of Moya's orientation. I don't know.
0: I mean, I don't I don't know if it's (laughs) I think that we're supposed to believe that either it's cursed or either they were, you know. They were grave robbers. Like Like, I mean, I imagine that if you're a royal enough to have a whole planet of your (laughs) trades, you probably also have some way to prevent grave robbing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also like Oh my god. Okay, I've gotta talk about two things that happen in this plot that are literally the best. Like the best. So they all go down. So it's John, Aaron, and Rigel go down to this planet, right? And John and Aaron go away, and they're like, and John literally says don't start robbing the graves, Sparky. And Rigel is like, I would never. And then he immediately, like one (laughs) second after they're out of sight, starts grave robbing. And I'm like, I love you, Rigel. Oh, my God, you're my favorite. Uh, And then, like, they get back up to the ship, and he's, like, looking at his hall, and, like, Dargo's really mad at him. But Dargo, like, I don't think Dargo necessarily cares about the grave robbing. Dargo was more mad that he, like, left them down there. So Mm Dargo's got like, so, so Rigel's got this death mask, right? And he's like, ooh, this looks really cool. He takes it off and there's a head underneath. It was actually (gasps) covering his face. And instead of being like, ew, kind of gross. Rigel sees that there's like a centipede in the eye crawling out of the eye. And he's like, ooh. It's so gross. And he like eats it. And I was like oh, my God, you just ate a centipede off of a corpse face, Rigel. And my notes are kind of so explicit after that. Really, really like, what the shit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so disgusting. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love you, Rigel, so much. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of the the tension breaker yeah. B plot to that. So what do you, would you give this episode?
0: Oh my gosh, I love this episode. I think I'm going to give it like a four or a five, probably a five. I know the I know the whole taking the stone thing. I I know it kind of doesn't make sense, and I know it's John heavy, but like my my heart was breaking for Chiana this entire episode. My heart was breaking from the moment she started on screen to the moment she was like, "Come on, we've been in worse places." Through the end, you know, like mm-hmm. every single scene with her, I was just dying.
1: Yeah, and this is this is Chiana's first episode because she hasn't been with the crew that long, so she's only been in the ensembles before. I'd probably give this a three and a half four, kind of in that range, just because I feel like the confusion in the writing could have been and should have been better but that said I love the interactions between John and Chiana, and how hard it is for him and how hard it is for her to talk they can't talk to each other and I just love seeing that play out meanwhile Aaron is kind of being the voice of reason over on the side and they ha- each have separate relationships with her that grow mm-hmm. so the wardrobe watch this week the main change is Chiana um, is wearing the local garb which is like I don't know dark tan leather dress, short skirt kind of thing. Lots of skin. And then her hair is in like uh, pink spikes that -hmm. are kind of going all over different directions. It's kind of a fun look. It definitely puts her in a different headspace. It's like her clothing is reflecting where she is at. It's all all disjointed and jagged edges and things. Mm -hmm. John takes off his long leather coat and has the vest that is going to be his characteristic season two vest. It's got the dark maroon peacekeeper colors and I love Erin's hair in this episode she's wearing it like a normal ponytail and for some reason it's just great
0: so pretty Aaron's hair is so gorgeous also I want to point out that it's not just like pink spikes Chiana totally has burning man hair and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yes and just like just like what was that color red wasn't a super great color for Zan I, I really don't think pink is a super great color for Chiana's skin tone
1: <laughs> no but that's okay it's a it's a phase she's it's gone a through phase. a phase
0: it's her high school, it's her high school photo phase of like, <laughs> what was I wearing? What did I do to my hair? Yes. <laughs> All right. So next week we have Crackers Don't Matter. Oh my God.
1: Love that episode.
0: Super ready. All right. If you like us and you wanna leave us a comment, we are on we are Farscape Friday Podcast at Gmail, Tumblr, Twitter, and DreamWith. You could also leave us a review on iTunes because that helps other people find us and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.